Yokai Footy continues to be an important platform to amplify Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices on a national scale and provide a safe space for Indigenous and non-Indigenous people to discuss important AFL topics that matter both on and off the field. Yokai is back for the 2023 season on NITV and I'm glad to say Yokai host Andrew Cracker has accepted to join us on NITV Radio to shed some light on what's in store for us this season after a cracking 2022 season. Well, Andrew, 2023 promises to be yet another big one on uh, Yokai. Yeah, absolutely. First off, I'd like to pay my respects to the um, traditional owners um, on the lands that we both meet upon today. Obviously, we're in different areas in different countries, but um, and pay my respects to elders um, past, present. And, um, yeah, so Yokai Footy made it. Um, yeah, really, it's a, it's a great show. We've, uh, you know, it's my second year co-hosting. I've been involved in the show for about three or four years now. So, um, yeah, we've got a great team. And as you spoke about just then in the intro, we able to put a you know Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lens on the footy world and what's going on and now the challenges and topics that come up within that uh, the AFL system and also in the community as well. So it's, um, we have a great platform and a great team and I'm really looking forward to season 2023 for Yokai Footy. Now, coming in the new season, we are used to seeing some very popular faces doing a great job bringing us all the footy news we need to know and all the good stories. Are you coming back with the same team, uh, same crew for 2023? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few other changes, but um, first I'd love to just um, pay my respects to our outgoing executive producer and the OG um, executive producer for Yoko Footy, Ani Carla Hart. She's done an absolutely outstanding and an amazing job uh, to be able to help get Yokai Footy up and running and her support, her knowledge, her IP that she's been able to bring to the show and just her care for not only myself but everyone else within the show has absolutely made it an amazing show and laid such a great foundation for the show to be able to go forward and have some really great success. So I just want to be able to thank uh, Annie Carla Hart for the work that she's been able to do. And as you spoke about changes, absolutely things happen all the time. And as I spoke about Annie Carla finishing up, um, Tony Briggs is the new executive producer coming through and he's got a wealth of knowledge and experience and no doubt he's going to be an a- asset to the to the new team um, at Yokai Footy. So, yeah, we've got Megan Waters as well. She's ab- an absolute star, beautiful young lady. Uh, Uncle Gilly McAdam as well has been around for a long time in the media space and an absolute trailblazer there and um, three-time premiership um, player Daryl White as well. So, We've got a you know great great core of people there as well, and um, everyone working behind the scenes. And as you spoke about before, you know last year I was green in a co-host um, position, but then you know I've got to working with some great people. I've got been able to sort of get myself comfortable in that role, and um, I'm really looking forward to it this year. And as we spoke about last year, went really well, and um, you know we just um, really got a great foundation ready to slingshot into 2023. Some of the big events about AFL last year were events that took place off the field, including um, the summit led last year, looking at multiculturalism in the game and uh, First Nations uh, participation. Can you comment for us on the summit and these events and uh, the expected outcomes? I think it's just to be able to bring people together. Obviously, Australia is a very diverse country and AFL football is a diverse sport as well with people from all different walks of life. 
and genders and backgrounds and cultures to be able to come together and, and to be able to play football and to be able to use sport as a vehicle. So I think um, just to be able to understand, I think there was a few things that happened last year around racism and um, to being able to make sure that, you know, if these things do arise again, that they have a space, safe space to be able to report such things that come up and to be able to make sure that they culturally safe and in, in the environment they are to be able to succeed and play the best football that they can, I suppose. And, um, you know, that's no doubt they would have been able to do that. But then also, more importantly, to be able to celebrate everyone's culture. I, I, I saw that there was, um, you know, dancing and, and, and smoking ceremonies. And so no doubt to be able to be a part of those yarning circles. Um, unfortunately, I didn't um, have the opportunity to be able to get down there, but oil reports to be able to share everyone's culture and experiences is something that was, um, you know, was a highlight of that camp. So, um, you know, to be able to do that and continue to be able to do that and shine a spotlight on that is um, is a beautiful thing. So, by reports, it was a great camp. Looking back at uh, Indigenous participation, St Kilda is still leading in terms of lining up uh, the most Indigenous uh, players. And uh, it appears that AFL is also now seeing more and more Indigenous people rising in uh, leadership roles. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's probably been the battle. We've had so many great players being able to come through the system um, and, you know, probably get lost to the game a little bit. Um, speaking from a, as you spoke about, um, a sort of management point of view, so to have people in those roles is really exciting and, you know, no doubt they bring some really great skills and tools, not only on the footy field but off the footy field as well. But um, as you spoke about um, St Kilda as well, to be able to have the number of um, Indigenous players there and Torres Strait Islanders to be able to come and uh, represent that footy club is out, absolutely outstanding. Richmond's done it great for a long period of time, Fremantle over in the West as well. So to be able to see more First Nations people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people playing AFL footy is, is beautiful to see. Footy is very well implanted in big cities with Melbourne serving as the home for AFL, but fans and lovers of the game can be found right across the country. Will you be giving space for remote and regional areas to shine as well? Uh, I can think of small cities like Darwin or Early Springs. Uh, will you be travelling there and taking Yokai to them? Yeah, correct. Hopefully that that's the case. Um I haven't heard a whole lot from that uh, from that point of view, but oh, we'd love to absolutely get out and to be able to make sure that we um, have Yokai footy front and centre at AFL AFL games and to be able to, as we spoke about before, put our lens on it and to be able to support um, mob and community as well, as we spoke about. Sometimes people don't get the opportunity to be able to come to Melbourne or Perth or these big cities as well. So if there's an opportunity, as you spoke about, you know, the heart of the nation um, at the game in Alice Springs is absolutely huge. And no doubt Melbourne will make their way up there um, this year and also up into Darwin as well. So if there's an opportunity for Yoko Afuri to be able to get up there, I'll certainly be able to put my hand up in Megzi and uh, DJ and Gilly as well, Uncle Gilly. So um, to be able to do something like that and to be able to you know, bring it to the people, as you spoke about, who may not have the opportunity to get to these big cities is, is so important. You know, in the, in those small communities, football is a is a culture. It's a, it's absolutely huge. It's um it's a vehicle. It's a driving force within communities and people that are involved in that. So if we have that opportunity, we certainly put our hand up to be able to do that. Yeah, 
from my experience when you travel to remote areas you meet uh, local people who may have never left their hometown yet they barrack for big teams in the large cities like St. Kilda the Sydney Swans uh, GWS and you name it but the locals there know and follow their teams, the players, uh, they know all the stats and uh, everything. Uh, it would be really good to really be able to give um, them more exposure and uh, take the show to them. And uh, Yeah, they certainly do. And even, you know, they love football that much. Sometimes they name their children after football players. So, it's as I said, it's absolutely huge. They love their sports. They love their footy. Um, and certainly they love their First Nations and Torres Strait Islander players that um, are able to make a huge impact in the AFL and absolute stars in, in the system. So, it is is thoroughly. It is so important to be able to give back to those communities. I remember when I was playing, just the smile that you see on kids' faces and the impact that you can have by going up there and you know giving your time and to being able to support these small communities is. It doesn't seem like a big thing, but um, it certainly makes a big impact as well. So um, to be able to be a part of that, I remember going back and doing a few of those things. There are a few highlights of my career. So hopefully we were able to do that. Which Indigenous player should we look up to this season, uh, 2023 season? Uh, I think um, it's huge that Joy Simkin is now, you know, he's a Yorta Yorta man and he's the, he's the first Aboriginal captain from that area for North Melbourne Footy Club, I think it is. So that's an absolutely great achievement, I think. It's just a testament to himself and the way he's been able to conduct himself. So to make, to, to take on that added lead, um, leadership and, um, you know, it's a huge honour. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. He's an absolute professional. I think uh, Shay Bolton is a, is a player I, I love to watch and how he goes about it. So, um, you know, to see how the Tigers go as well this year. Um, Isaac Rankin to be able to make a move from... Gold Coast down to Adelaide Crows. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. Um, so it's um, yeah, Benny Long as well making the making the move, and he's gone up to Gold Coast. There's, so there's been a fair move, fair few changes in the off season. But um, yeah, uh, young you know young Bobby Hill coming down from GWS as well. So Kazai um, Pickett, he's certainly one that I enjoy watching. He's an absolute star every time he gets near the footy. Just his pace and he's so electrifying, um, able to create. Um, something from nothing um, with not too much time that he needs to be able to do that time and space. So they're just a few guys that I'm really looking forward to um, see how they go this year. Now there's this uh, Doug Nichols round, uh, the Mangro round. Uh, what other First Nations themed events should we be looking out for this uh, season? I think it, 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 it's a, it's amazing that they do that. Um, you know, it's the Doug Nichols round and Mark Brook and to be able to support that. But I think just to be able to continue and highlight that throughout the season, I think that's why the beauty about Yoko footy, we can do that. Um, um, I think, you know, those uh, dream time at the G, I remember playing in the first one, you know, we had a little little emblem, um, dream time at the G at the top left of our jumpers. And now, you know, to be able to design the jumpers, the jumpers just seem to be, you know, getting better each year. It's just hard to say, but the amazing jobs each year. And I think to the education um, and just the knowledge that that round brings as well to all different countries and clubs and um, protocols as well is just beautiful to see. So if we can just keep highlighting that and to be able to bring that to the forefront and to bring that on mainstream media and people's televisions is, is a beautiful thing because when I was younger, I didn't see that too much. And, 
even in schools and things like that. So the the education that that brings and the conversations that that starts is is so important, um, you know. And just to be able to continue to do that is is it's our job. That's what we need to do. And um, no doubt, the players and the clubs they're um, you know they're all better off, and the AFL is better off for for seeing that. And uh, when is Yoka kicking off for the twenty twenty three season? Uh, our first show is on the uh, on the on the fifteenth, so Wednesday night. So we're really looking forward. We're chomping at the bit to be able to get in there, get in the sh- um, studio, and to be able to do the thing. It seems so so long ago that um, we had our last last show last year, and uh, it's been a huge and a long break and a long summer. And um, now the footy season is almost upon us, and ready to go again. The rat race begins. And uh, just a reminder, Yoka is a celebratory cry, a war cry of... Um... Yes, it's a shout of victory, absolutely. So you can use it when someone kicks a goal or someone does something really great, you can just shout, Yokai! So it's, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a Noongar word from where I'm from as well. So from the Noongar people over in WA, from the Great Southern. And um, so you can use that when you're watching the footy as well. So Yoka, good return to 2023. Absolutely. Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today on NITV Radio about uh, the return of Yokai for the new season 2023. Thank you very much. Thanks for the interview. You take care.